This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast. This podcast is creating a behind-the-scenes look with athletic coaches, mental coaches, and life coaches as we try to give you new ways, thoughts, and ideas to better your life. My goal is for you to discover what's possible in your own life. Whether you wish to create an amazing career or you're looking to solve specific issues within your life, these episodes will give you the tools you need to take your life to the next level. Now allow yourself a break from everyday chaos and let us step into your world and help you become a better version of yourself each day. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to the third episode of Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast for the year 2024. Coming to you here on Fat Tuesday. Want to talk about that. Want to talk about a whole bunch of other things. And looking forward to talking about how we can change your life every single day. Just doing a couple little things mentally. Let's not waste any time. Let's just get right to it. Fat Tuesday. What does it mean to you? What do you know about Fat Tuesday? I'm fortunate enough that one of my bonus daughters lives in New Orleans. So she's able to share with with her mom traditions, what's actually going on in the city, the carnival, as they call it, the party that it is that ends the day before Ash Wednesday. And I kind of think it's important to use Fat Tuesday or this mindset because what Fat Tuesday really is, is the intertwining of a period of festivals and feasts that lead to a time of fasting and reflection. It's also known as Shrove Tuesday and Mardi Gras. This enduring celebration has many traditions and deep roots around the world, not just New Orleans, but starting tomorrow with it being Ash Wednesday, as a Christian, 40 days and 40 nights until Easter, it is that time of giving things up, reflection, trying to better yourself as a person by getting rid of certain things that maybe aren't so good for you, okay? Some people give up alcohol, some people give up sweets, some people give up certain types of foods, certain things that they do. That's all reflection. Are we bettering ourselves over the next 40 days to prepare for Easter? That's really the thought in a lot of this stuff. So I like to use that example because when we get into rest of the show and the stuff that I want to talk about, it's reflectionary. And I wanted to use Fat Tuesday as the end day to start that reflection for all of us. So you might ask yourself, why is reflection important for growth? Taking time to reflect on our own experiences, thoughts, and emotions can help us identify patterns and behaviors that may hold us back from achieving our goals. Regular self-reflection can also help us develop a greater empathy and understanding for others as we become more aware of our own biases and assumptions that we live with. For me, reflection is the link between goal setting and assessment. In fact, it plays a key role both in improving and reaching your goals. And honestly, I believe that this is underappreciated and underused. We learn by doing. We learn even more by doing and reflecting. So the easiest way to look at it is the more you live, the more you can teach. The more you can teach, the more you can reach others. The more you can reach others, the more you can lead them. Reflection influences the growth of the team. 
the person, the goal. And as you contemplate, it unearths ideas and transforms your thought. Leadership is open to ideas and creates a safe space to share those thoughts. Moments of reflection shift the direction of things and of people which can lead to totally new places, not just for you, but for them. And coming from a person who helps lead people, who helps lead others, who want to use this podcast to make others' lives better, I want you to be able to reflect and shift and understand the new possibilities that are out there because of how you can change your thought process. So here are four things that I use in reviewing reflection. Okay, we'll call them the four F's because it's the easiest way for me to remember. But I've learned this over time through my therapy, through my growth process, losing things, gaining things. But I still do go back to this a lot as I process and think about a lot of different things in my life. And here they are. The four F's. Facts, feelings, findings, future. By working through these four levels that I just gave you, you will critically examine each individual situation you want to review and think about how you can learn from it, grow from it, and change it in your future. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't read a lot. I hated to read. You read because of school, right? And I was always told that my SAT score would be not very high, that I was not going to be nearly as smart as the other people around me because they read. Well, just because you read something doesn't mean that's making you more intelligent or smart or anything like that. I had to read stuff that was of interest to me. And honestly, the thought process of helping others change their lives is very interesting to me. So I stumbled upon an article from the Harvard Business Review that states, research shows the habit of reflection can separate extraordinary professionals from mediocre ones. And through experience, I will go one step further to say that the foundation that all the other soft skills grow from is this reflection. To me, this is truly an art form in itself. It's about learning, looking back on anything, a situation, a day, a time period, without bias or regret to contemplate your behavior and its consequences that come along with that. It requires sitting with yourself and taking an honest moment to think about what transpired, what worked, what didn't work, what can be done, and what can't be done again. Reflection requires courage. It's thoughtful and deliberate. Being at the top of your game or the best in your business is something that all people talk about. The greatest always reflect and extract from their past on how to engage for their future. The problem is you don't need to be Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, or Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the Walton family to be at the top of your business. You can be the best in your business, in your household, all the time, in your office place, all the time, by doing these little soft skills so that you separate yourself from those who are around you. And just as this past weekend for me, this hit me. So St. Maria Gretti High School, where I attended high school, 
where my mom was an AD for 32 years, had the fortune to wear the Goretti basketball uniform and do all the stuff that comes along with that, which if you're from my hometown, that's a huge deal. If you're from my state, that's a big deal. The last BCL game ever played was this past Sunday. And the reason is because Goretti's closing at the end of the year because of financial issues and not being able to be a parochial school that stays open. I say this because after the game on Sunday, there was a pizza party that Coach Robertson, who I played for, who won over 780 games in his career, brought all the fellas back. I unfortunately had a game at 1 o'clock for the 7th grade basketball teams that I coached. So we played our game, got in the car, the girls, Sone and I went over to Goretti to see everybody and have a piece of pizza and enjoy the moment with my fellow classmates and alumni. We reflected. As I drove the girls back to their mom and had the ability to have a 45-minute car ride alone driving back before the Super Bowl, I was able to reflect on the good times, the bad times, and everything in between with Goretti. And it made me realize how truly lucky I was to be able to walk into a facility with my now wife and daughters and say hi to everybody And for one instant second, standing in a certain place, it took you back in time. The time machine took me back to conversations in high school, to feelings that you get when you walk in that gym. Even down to my last shot, that they had some balls sitting out, and and they said, you can get shots up if you want to here in the gym before you leave. I said, you know, I'm going to get one shot. I would have to calculate in my life of 41 years, I probably took a couple hundred thousand jump shots in that gym over that time period. I made my last one, put the ball back on the scores table and walked out. The reflection piece of that for me was I'll never shoot in that gym again and I'm cool with that because I made my last one. A little Irish exit, if it may be. But for me, that was the most important thing was to see those guys. And I really didn't want to go because I didn't want to have to go through the emotions of wondering how it was going to feel. But I'm glad I was talked into going and I'll truly cherish being able to wear that uniform the rest of my life because coach did it the right way and we learned a lot from him. But I want you to think about something. To get the full benefits, you must make reflection habitual but it's not that simple. A generic question like, why am I grateful today? Or what did I learn? What could I have done better is often way too general and not very helpful. We hear empathy, communication, adaptability, emotional intelligence, compassion, that these are the skills that you need to thrive and excel in a workplace or to become a great leader. But time and again, we hear that these capabilities are the key to making yourself indispensable. Not just now, but into the future. Soft skills. After all, they make us human. And as far as we know, this will never be performed by AI. And I think that's the biggest piece in business that we're missing a little bit right now as we go to AI for this or chat GTP for that. The human in us goes away. The human in business goes away. And I'm a firm believer that you need those soft skills in order to be really good at business. 
and I keep using that word at business, it doesn't mean a business meeting or running a business or being a CEO. Business is anything that you do for work or for leadership or for your household. You have to run things as if it is a business so that you're on time and you're punctual, so that you're able to do what is necessary by sometimes having to remove emotion in order for you to be successful at that spot. So let me ask you this question. What should you reflect upon? There are at least a thousand things that happen during the course of a week. How do you start to sort out your experiences which you go to maybe most significant for your development. And let's simply put it this way. Which of the things that flew across your life are worth true scrutiny from you? The article I wrote was pretty interesting because they asked 442 executives to reflect on which experiences most advanced their professional development and had the greatest impact on them becoming the best leaders they could be. You know, most of their responses were genuine. They revealed embarrassing stories, fiascos, thoughtless gaffes, youthful mistakes, careless decisions, but also the smartest decisions, the most soaring accomplishments, and meaningful interactions. But to be completely honest, most of their, if not all of their reflections, were self-effacing and deeply felt. By doing this, they were able to uncover and find three distinct themes that came out of this analysis. Surprise, frustration, and failure. Reflections that involved one or more or all of these sentiments proved to be the most valuable in helping these leaders learn and grow through their careers. So you might ask, What does it mean to be surprised, frustrated, and fail all in this same context? So let me break this down into each category for us real quick. You know, one thing that I've learned is that most leaders were moved by movements that greatly derailed their expectations. The shock factor. The shock factor is this. Where a well-respected, even-keeled leader colleague, friend, get upset about a minor issue. It's where the reasonable request was possibly rejected. The shock comes when the market value or share of a proven service is dropped. And it could be anything that you put in those contexts. The experiences through this reflect this fundamental truth. As humans, we tend to naively hypnotize about what will happen next based on what we already know or has already occurred. This is part of our cognitive nature. We use logic and reason to describe, explain, predict, and then control. In order to project some semblance of power over what goes on truly in our lives. When we are mistaken or surprised, the shock factor We go in a quick wrong direction mentally because the mistake, lapses in judgment, and wrongful assumptions are not worthy of the reflection that we have in our mind. Failure. This is the second of the three that I brought up and want to discuss. And the one big struggle is that most leaders say, failure is making a mistake that's visible to masses getting caught up in organizational politics 
and learning that when you mess up, it's because you focused on one idea and not the details. And it's very painful and you never want to make that mistake again. You never want to lose your job as a coach publicly because everybody else has to read about it in the newspaper or it becomes public news. Losing your job, period. Losing a family, becoming divorced, getting demoted. It's all stuff that happens publicly that really eats you up as a leader and as a human. Failure is often a behavior and it manifests as a mistake. The good news is that we all make mistakes. Mistakes provide raw evidence of what we should not do in the future. Mistakes allow us to learn by negative example, otherwise an airful learning. Much of what's been written about is the value of failing as a learning experience because it is temporary. Naturally, we can learn from any mistake that we make and make sure that's not an intentional mistake moving forward. But we also have to understand that mentally, you can make a mistake and fail and it will eat at you for a while until you have reflected enough to build back on it. Frustration. This is the third of the three that I brought up. Frustration occurs when our thoughtful analysis is criticized or someone parks in our space. Our flight is delayed. We get stuck in traffic. Our loved one is late picking us up. I can go on and on. But as leaders, we study that frustration is with things like internal delays that threaten product launches, budget inadequacies, and corporate offices that don't seem to understand anything in our related field. It is important to understand that at the root of frustration lies our goals, our dreams, our wants, the objects of ambition and effort. Goal reflects our values, and our values make up the compass that keeps us connected at our highest purpose in life and at work. When we become frustrated, it's with our goals, and we're frustrated at the fact that we maybe can't achieve them, or we're not able to achieve them the way that we want to. So what do we do? Well, we've always been taught to do. Push through that frustration and find other ways to cope and move forward with results in our growth, both mentally and physically. But the problem is, is sometimes that wears us out and frustration grows. Through reflection, I believe you're able to take a step back and look at things and say, okay, this is not going the direction I want it to, or this is not feel how it should feel. So let's make it better because of this or that so that we are able to grow. Remember, surprise, frustration, and failure are cognitive, emotional behaviors. Head, hard hands. These parts that are something that you're constantly in motion. And if you don't give time to rest, you will surely get tired and fatigue. Just like muscle, your mind needs reflection to re-energize and grow stronger. So I have three examples of something I think you need to do every single day in order to become better with reflection, growth, and becoming a better person. The first thing you need to do is keep a journal. When you're surprised, frustrated, or fail, pause and take a note. As you're able to sit down and jot down everything that happens and enough details to recall this just in case it ever has to pop back up, but note the feeling in your body. Maybe you have a sour stomach, a hot head, an impulse to cry, complete anger and frustration. Write it all down. Try to identify the why behind the emotion. What event triggered these feelings? 
What were your expectations and how were they derailed? How did things not go your way? Or did you make a mistake? And be completely honest with the man in the mirror. Because if you do that, then you're going to be able to grow through these reflections. Number two, set aside an hour each week to review all the notes from the week before. And don't skip it. Block out time in your calendar in order to avoid other disturbances. You can prepare yourself for this review by setting realistic expectations. It's going to be hard and you need to be honest. It's no different than going to therapy. It might be even painful to examine all of your shortcomings. But also know you can't get better until you know exactly what you failed or screwed up in order to get better at it. Remember the saying, in order to solve the problem, we have to admit there is one first. Number three. Don't just reread your journal entries. Add to it. In retrospect, there are situations that you might be able to see differently after you take some time away from it. Press yourself. What went wrong? Were your initial observations correct or did they reveal something else that may have been going on? Something you couldn't see in the heat of the moment or at that exact second. Try to think of yourself as a neutral observer. Now the question becomes, how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? In the case of failure, you may find there's a mistake you can learn from. In the case of surprise, you may discover that you need to recollaborate unrealistic expectations. In the case of frustration, you may figure out that you need to get better at adapting to the unexpected. Go easy on yourself. Reflection is not easy. Honestly, it's ego bruising. Always remember that excellence is achieved by stumbling, standing up, dusting yourself off, and then stumbling again. If you study the stumbles, you're much less likely to fall down in the future. And if you dust yourself off, you're going to be ready for whatever comes your way. One last thing to remember. Reflection is executive functioning. True courageous reflectioning galvanizes your willpower. It promotes continuous self-awareness. It empowers you, ensures you are valued, and gives you self-awareness you need to quicken achieving to your potential. If you are a young professional or any type of professional that wants to ascend, then this is what you need to do to be successful every single day. Reflect on surprise, frustration, and failure. Make it a part of your life, and it will pay off. This is the third episode of Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast for 2024. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to giving you some more information next week to live by. Remember, it's Fat Tuesday. Enjoy your fast nuts, and starting tomorrow, pick one thing and reflect on it for the next 40 days, and let's see if 40 days from now you're better off than you are today. I look forward to chatting with you very soon.